Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. My name's Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening into episode 226. Productivity per hectare is key to profitability. And for livestock, that means more weight per commodity and good health. In today's episode, we are diving into animal nutrition and health with Bronte Lloyd, animal production specialist at Nutrinag Solutions based in Rockhampton in Queensland. Now, I'm really excited to bring this episode to you today. Bronte has a wealth of knowledge and we're going to cover understanding energy requirements by stock type, the importance of bull and ram health, how supplements and better pasture utilisation can be used to drive productivity, and what producers should be looking out for this season. Before we get into the episode, the big market news this week was, of course, the announcement that the federal government has asked the World Trade Organisation to suspend its appeal on Beijing's decision to apply tariffs to Australian barley. With an expedited review taking place over the next three to four months, there's hope that exports of barley to China could soon resume. So what would this mean? Well, the premium paid by China for barley would be a welcome boost to growers, but even if the tariffs were removed, our shipping stem is full on the back of a huge harvest, so it might not be that quick for trade to resume. Let's get into the episode now with Bronte Lloyd and Robert Herman. Thanks, Olivia. Yes, welcome, Bronte, to Commodity Conversations. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, look, it's it's a pleasure, and uh, I've got to admit the reason that I wanted to get you to come on to Commodity Conversations is that I heard you presenting at livestock conference in um, Brisbane and um, and there's some really sound information there that we think uh, is worth spreading the word about and uh, and it relates to farm production mainly around livestock is your specialty so I know that um, in the presentation you talked about the key drivers of profitability on farms that are running livestock um, what do we know about these Bronte and what have you got to say about that yeah thank you so in my presentation in Brisbane, I had the pleasure of presenting to all of the livestock agents. So we were really focusing on that animal production. And the key driver for profitability on farm is ultimately the size and amount of, of the commodity that you can produce. So for beef and lamb, it's more kilos per hectare. Um, obviously for grain, it's still more kilos per hectare of just a different commodity. And that's going to be the ultimate driver of somebody's business. So obviously you're involved in helping producers understand how they can increase that productivity. And at the end of the day, it's all about increasing profits. I know today we'll just focus a bit on livestock, I think, but just talk us through a few of the things that you um, suggested and I'll let you go through them, but let's start with supplements. Yeah, so I'm an animal production specialist. So I focus on the animal health and nutrition side of things and getting that nutrition right can be really detrimental to somebody's business. And if you if you can get it right and get your supplements perfect, then the chance for having greater gains off the same land area is ultimately going to make your business more sustainable. So I spoke briefly around supplements and actually knowing what's available to your animals in the paddock and how to best utilize that feed and getting your supplement to complement what you already have, not just being an added cost to actually get that return on investment. So what I'm hearing here is, are you saying that we need to understand what nutrients the animals have naturally in the paddock and then um, tailor our supplements to fill those gaps? 
Yep, that's exactly it. So you want to better utilize the pasture you already have because that's a commodity that's available to you all the time. And then we want the supplement to complement that to get us the greatest results. So what's what's a, a, an obvious example of how you might better utilize the pastures, uh, Bronte? So we can go from everything from increasing um, efficiency of a rumen, so increasing body weight intake over a 24-hour period. So obviously the more they eat, the more they're going to get out of it and the higher weight gains they're going to get. But it can come down to simple things like water points in the paddock, knowing where to put your fencing and getting that grazing efficiency over your whole paddocks and not just having them graze one area and not doing what they should because they're not utilising the rest of the feed that you have. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense, Bronte. Um, what about, um, I mean, most of, a lot of our clients are, are um, breeders. And so focusing on the ewe or the cow is really important. And I guess the, the aim there is to make sure that we're getting more lambs and more calves, higher high weaning percentages. Definitely. And getting that supplementation right is going to drive your fertility. So body condition score is ultimately the goal um, high body condition score equals high fertility and high chance of reconception. So if we have our supplements right and we have our pasture utilisation right, then our breeders should have a better, better body condition score going into joining and calving or lambing, which means that production right through that system is going to be improved just by improving nutrition at the start. Uh, that makes sense now. Um, I, I also noted in your presentation, going back through my notes, Bronte, is you talked about getting better weight gains. What's What are some of the things we should be considering if we're trying to maximise our weight gains? So just getting better efficiency of pasture. So if you put animals out into the pasture and you don't know what's available to them, then the chance of getting your supplement exactly right is pretty much a one in a hundred pick if you can get it bang on and have the supplement complement exactly what they're getting out of the pasture it's going to maximize their chance of production so in nutrition we talk about Liebig's law and the law of the most limiting nutrient and an animal can only produce as high as that most limiting nutrient so if we can pair a supplement in to help alleviate that issue eventually we'll get it to a point where the only thing that's limiting production is their genetics and it means we're getting absolute best utilization best weight gains and best overall performance off that feed that we have uh, terrific now i'm talking to bronte lloyd today on commodity conversations and bronte's uh well how would you describe your role bronte is it uh, livestock nutrients specialist <laughs> or and, and you're based in rockhampton is that right yeah, based in Rockhampton, and my title is an animal production specialist, but I focus on animal health and nutrition and working out how to best get maximum production out of a operation and getting that animal health and nutrition right so animals can yeah produce to their highest potential. Well, we know that um, there's a real um, focus on profit margins now, and it's difficult with the high cost structure, even though we do have pretty good commodity prices. So the sort of information you're providing will be really valuable and really important uh, at, a, at a farm level. I remember in your presentation, you talked about the importance of condition scoring. Bronte, just explain why you think that's important. So body condition score is going to drive your um, fertility and ultimately that's going to drive your 
profitability and sustainability as a business. So if we take a cow, for example, you want her to be in a body condition score of three and a half or better at calving. And that basically means that if everything goes pear-shaped, she's going to have enough condition on her to land that calf on the ground and get it through to a reasonable weaning weight without absolutely relying on feed. Um, for sheep, it's around a body condition score four and sheep can go the other way. They can get a little bit too fat. But if we can maximise that body condition at joining first, for sheep in particular, you have the chance of multiple conceptions. And then if we make sure we've got the bright body condition at lambing and calving, then we're going to have a heavy calf. It's going to do really well because mum's going to milk really well. And during that um, lactation period, that's when our animals have to reconceive. So a cow has 75 days to fall pregnant again after she's calved. And if she's not in the right body condition score and we've had her calve out, she's supposed to be producing a high amount of milk to give me a good weaner. And I've got the bulls back in to join her again. If she starts to slip, her chances of reconceiving are going to fall. And you're not going to notice that until you either preg test or if you don't preg test, you're not going to notice that until nine months time when a calf doesn't actually hit the ground. Yeah, really good, really good advice. And so being um, ahead of those sort of issues is so important. Now, I note, I also recall in your presentation, there was a topic that you brought up that I found really interesting, and it was um, it was understanding the energy requirements of our various stock types. Just, just um, flesh that out a little bit for us, please, Bronte. Yeah, so energy drives every function in the body. Without energy, their muscles aren't going to work, their reproduction's not going to work. So getting that right amount of energy and understanding how much they need at different parts of their management cycle is really important. So I spoke about comparing a heifer that was pregnant and a heifer that had a calf at foot and what her variation in energy requirement was and I used a Mars bar as a good example. Yeah, so that's right. you have a pregnant heifer in her last trimester of pregnancy needs around 80 megajoules of energy a day. And just by having a calf at foot, so after she's calved, her energy requirement goes to near 100. And one megajoule is equivalent to one Mars bar that you can buy from the servo. So if she's going out into a dry paddock, and is looking for 80 to nearly 100 Mars bars, it can really have a huge impact on her productivity and her chance of um, milking and reconceiving and um, understanding energy requirement, understanding what's coming from the paddock and what shortfall there is can be really important. And particularly for single and twin bearing ewes as well. So you always want to um, preg test so you can manage those animals differently because ewes have a higher requirement if she's a single versus twin bearing ewe. And it's not doesn't seem significant. It's only around three megajoules difference. But if the give, providing them with that extra three megs is the chance of them having twins and having both twins survive, it can make a big difference. So we're um, there's a lot of talk about the um, the girls in the breeding program, but there is another side to the equation, and that's the boys. So the bulls and the rams. Um, tell us why you think it's important to focus on the health of of, uh, of the bulls and the rams and what sort of things should people be think, considering? I think male health gets overlooked, especially in those reproductive animals. So um, I've spoken about it quite a lot, but making sure your vaccinations are up to date for those animals. So cattle example, 
at Brahmin Week, which is one of the biggest Brahmin sales in the country, only 30% of those animals were fully vaccinated. And a lot of people will go and bias that animal, take it home and assume that he's been vaccinated once, he's right for the rest of his life. But it doesn't work like that. A lot of vaccines need a yearly booster. And if you have one bull that's joining to 25 or 30 cows and you have one ram that's joining to 50 to 100 ewes, that can potentially impact a huge a number in your operation. And if you've gone and purchased, say, a $17,000 bull, for example, and you're going to breed him, you have to get return on investment for your purchased animal as well. So if we take that bull example, we usually join one bull to about 30 cows. If we take the average 84% um, calving rate, so that's Queensland average, that's 25 calves on the ground. If you split them 50-50 between males and females, you're probably going to sell your males and keep your females as um, replacement heifers. So those calves owe you $680 already just to cover the price of that bull. So if you then sell your male portion, so say 12 steers, they owe you $1,400 to cover the price of that bull to make those heifers that you're retaining um, profitable and if you keep heifers from that bull and join him for at least six years that's going to potentially impact your operation and the genetics in your operation for 14 years because you're going to keep his heifers as replacements as well so if he's not healthy and you're keeping him for a really long time that can have a massive impact over the profitability of your business and how many calves you're going to get on the ground so most of your Clostridial diseases, which is what most of your vaccinations are for, are very silent. You don't know that they're there until it gets to a critical stage. And take PESTI, for example, you're not going to notice you have a problem until your calving percentage has dropped from mid-80s back to the 20s. And not having calves on the ground and having weaners to sell can have a huge impact on someone's business. So I'm hearing prevention, not trying to cure something. Absolutely. Prevention is better than a cure. Vaccinations are very cheap insurance uh, when it comes to the productivity of your business. Now, that's great advice. Now, um, just to take it to the current situation, and and we know you're in um, you're in Rockhampton, but I also know that you do have a handle on what's happening all the way up the east coast of Australia. Um, so, in the current season, what should producers be looking out for? Firstly, in the north. And then secondly, what about in the south, which are, you know, different seasons and different uh, climate conditions? Yeah, so in the north, they've had a lot of rain over a very short period and some areas have unfortunately had some pretty significant floods. But that significant high rainfall has actually leached a lot out of our pastures and it's not grown the way it normally would have. So having knee-high green grass might look great but unfortunately with all the testing that I've been doing lately it's not coming back very good at all it's about equivalent to a piece of cardboard so the protein and the energy is really low our mineral uptake is really low so we've gone into I suppose a green drought as such because our animals can't get what they need out of that pasture it doesn't mean we can't fix it that's what your supplements are for but it's just something to keep in mind if you have green feed it may look fabulous but it might not be doing what your 
hoping for with your animals and particularly with weaning because we're going into that stage where people are going to do first round if they haven't already and pull those weaners off don't just stick them out into the paddock and hope that they're going to do wonders because they probably won't because your feed might not have it in it um in the southern region it's uh, very slightly so they have had some areas haven't had rain since before Christmas so it's really quite dry and some areas have had a huge amount of rain so up to six and seven and eight inches just in sporadic storms so they're getting some late summer pasture growth and a part of that and it's the same in the north is a really really high worm burden so we've seen a huge barbus pole burden in the north and in the south in areas that it doesn't usually or hasn't commonly been seen it's been seen very very significant numbers and it's really impacting production so you've got some animals that aren't looking quite the way you think they should getting a worm egg count would be would be a good place to start well i'm really enjoying this chat and, and but the thing i'm thinking of bronte with all the information that you've you're sharing and uh, and I'm really excited about the fact that you know so much, but also you explain it very well. So thank you for that. It sounds like, though, that, um, you know, this, these are sort of areas where farmers and, and livestock breeders should be getting, you know, some specialist advice. Is that how you see it? Yeah, so a lot of people would get an agronomist for their crop to understand their soils. I do exactly the same thing, but just on an animal front. If you want to have absolute maximum production, then you're better off knowing what's going in one end of your animal. And I do a lot of manure testing too. So it's what's going out the other end as well. Um, and driving that productivity, you can't, yeah, with, especially with the rainfall we've had lately, you can't assume that your paddocks are going to do everything you're hoping for. And even if they are doing fabulous gains, there's always the potential for improvement just by changing one or two things in your operation. Well, it's been a terrific chat. I, uh, I thank you very much, Brody, for your time. And I'm also really impressed by your, uh, it's obviously your enthusiasm for animals and that comes through and I'm, and, and I'm sure um, your clients benefit from that. Thanks again for coming on Commodity Conversations. We'd love to have you on again in the future because uh, every season, every month, every year, there's sort of different things happening. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. It's a very varied season throughout the year because no one knows what normal is anymore. Correct. Thanks again, Bronte, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you very much.